The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. G'day and welcome to the next episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the Australian and New Zealand industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of The Print 21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print 21 and of PKN Packaging News. Wayne, print is a dynamic business, that's for sure, and July has seen no shortage of big news. Tell me what's been happening. Uh, well, Lindy, the big story in print, uh, of course, and in all businesses this month, is the rapidly escalating lockdown from the latest COVID outbreak across the country. Yes, when we recorded last month's podcast just four weeks ago, COVID seemed to have been contained for the past few months, but it's quickly turned. Now, what has this meant for the print industry? Uh, well, it's meant it's an increasingly difficult time to operate in. Uh, it's a rapidly evolving situation, as we all know. States increasing lockdown, South Australia, New South Wales, Victoria, all locked down now for the next seven days, at least 10 days for New South Wales, possibly more. Uh, it's making it difficult to uh, trade because customers are being closed down. Uh, the whole retail sector in New South Wales is closed. Sports, of course, events is closed. Construction's closed. So it's making it for print businesses uh, a very difficult situation because uh, while they can operate, their customers, many of their customers are being closed down. Okay, so you're saying printers can operate. So which ones can operate and under what conditions? Well, this is uh, a very good question, Lindy, and one that is uh, taxing the minds of many people. Um, the governments, uh, the state governments uh, are all uh, operating, are all saying that uh, essential services are allowed to operate. Uh, now, that varies from state to state. And interpretation varies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, in the state premier, has essentially said to businesses, decide for yourself if you're an essential service. In uh, Victoria and in South Australia, they have lists of uh, essential services. But however, on those lists, there are no printers uh, listed or even packaging companies. But there is a category on them all, and the uh, Victorian one in South Australia, of providers to essential service providers. In other words, say, for instance, of uh, packaging, you can't have a, a shampoo la- shampoo bottle without a label on it. So that would be seen as essential. Uh, floor graphics warning about COVID distancing, that would be clearly an essential uh, activity. But whether printing uh, flyers for real estate agents, whether that's essential or not, uh, well, that's certainly up for interpretation. Um, but it seems that for print businesses, uh, they, they can operate, obviously, until they're told that they can't, uh, and they're able to do that. There are, though, uh, strict caveats around that operation of, of what they can do. So, Wayne, what are those caveats? Uh, well, they vary, um, but they are essentially uh, in the states that are locked down, uh, there are five essential caveats that uh, print businesses can operate under. The first one is that only staff that are essential to production can be on site. Uh, any staff that are uh, in a, admin, anyone that can work from home, so in other words, anyone that's got a computer and an internet, so administration staff, sales staff, uh, anyone like that has to work from home. And in fact, some states, New South Wales in particular, has just brought in a $10,000 fine for any business that insists staff come to work. Uh, so 
The only staff that can be on site are production staff. So in other words, a machine operator who clearly can't operate the machine from home. When those staff are on site, uh, they have to be fully masked up the whole time. Uh, they have to have, have to be socially distanced at so 1.5 meters minimum distance between any two people at any time, maximum of one person per every four square meters. And importantly, uh, every business has to have a COVID safe plan. It has to be implemented, it has to be communicated, it has to be understood by staff. With those, the, the final thing is that all visitors uh, have to be QR coded if they come into the business, uh, have to be masked, obviously, and actually preferably keep visitors outside, delivery people or people that are collecting jobs as well. But under those uh, guidelines, print businesses can operate. The sign world is slightly different. ASGA, the Association for the Sign People, has said that in South Australia, uh, probably best not to manufacture anything. Uh, sign installations, they say, can go ahead if they're COVID-related. Uh, but apart from that, and apart from keeping it a maintenance on equipment, ASGRA is advised in South Australia, not good for sign businesses to be open. Uh, packaging business is clearly can uh, open around the, around the country because packaging is an essential service. So it's the situation is varying uh, all around the place. But generally speaking, if printers do the right thing, if they adhere to the COVID-safe plan in particular, uh, if they minimize uh, uh, human contact between themselves, between their staff, then they're free to stay open. Well, it certainly is a challenging time and hopefully everyone will make the right decisions in the in the broader interest. Now, last year there was JobKeeper, which kept much of the economy going, including, I imagine, a fair number of print businesses. But this time there is no JobKeeper. So do you think this is going to be an issue for the printing industry? It may well be, Lindy. I mean, as we know, JobKeeper was a major contribution to print businesses, large and small, across the country, and very few of them that weren't uh, involved in packaging. Very few commercial print businesses would not have been taking advantage of JobKeeper last time around. This time, if lockdown drags on, and uh, there's every indication, particularly in New South Wales, that it's not going to be over quickly, if it drags on, then it could be difficult for print businesses. Very few print businesses have actually gone broke over the last 12 months or 15 months since COVID started, fewer in fact than normal. Uh, but this could be crunch time. The government has, of course, put in uh, support, the government and the states. Uh, 40% of your payroll can be, uh, you can claim 40% of your payroll up to $10,000 a week. Uh, if your turnover is 30% down or more, your staff, if their hours, if you've had to reduce their hours by 20 hours a week or more, they can personally claim 600 bucks uh, from the states and government as well. So there, are, there is support. Uh, whether it will be enough, it basically depends on how long lockdown goes for and how many industry sectors continue. If retail continues to be closed, obviously, that's a lot of sign and display work that's not going to be happening and, and promotional work. So it, if lockdown carries on, it could be difficult. It could be difficult, yeah. Well, we've seen another area that has been absolutely smashed by COVID is events and exhibitions. And we have had since the beginning of COVID, uh, print trade shows all cancelled, postponed, including most notably, of course, the mega trade show Drupa. And of course, um, this latest bout of lockdowns here in Australia has had an effect on trade shows too. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Pack printers, you know, Lindy, has uh, been postponed, had to be postponed. Um, an inevitable uh, decision, uh, too many variables there. Obviously, the, the state can be locked down at the moment's notice and the, the exhibitors wouldn't have been able to get insurance against that. Two months ago, three months ago, it was looking good for pack print, looking very good. But in this last 
few days and since the, since the major outbreak is clearly they've had to make that decision which is a really tough decision and for a lot of obviously the construction companies the exhibition companies that, that contribute to that their lives you know when they thought there'd be some light at the end of the tunnel that's now gone back to a dark place unfortunately uh, power print will uh, take place next june 28th of june to 1st of july so it's uh, a year away now now 11 months away it will straddle, interestingly, that was the first available date, but uh, there is a benefit there. It will straddle both financial years. So that will give people, printers attending who want to purchase equipment, a choice of what suits them best for their books to have it in this year, in the current year or next year. Uh, the instant asset write-off will, will still be in place at that time. Uh, and Peter Harper um, has been speaking to government and has managed to get a, a, a conviction that um, the exhibitors will still be eligible for their 50% rebate on all their spend uh, and that's all they spend the stand build the hotel costs the advertising costs the marketing costs uh, the, the moving in costs uh, which is which is terrific news so pack print's been postponed inevitable but the good news is that it will take place and and we imagine that uh, by christmas uh, for sure and certainly by next july uh, the population will be vaccinated and so the, the era of lockdowns will be over yeah, well, I, I must say, I personally am very disappointed. The PKN team, the Print21 team, we were all geared up to go. And we were very much looking forward to a successful pack print. But as you said, it is inevitable, given all the uncertainty, that they had to take that very tough decision. And it's going to be very difficult for a long time for a lot of people in that sector. But good work from Peter Harper and the crew um, for getting those government convictions coming through. That's, that's going to be great and be a huge help for those exhibitors next year. Well, Wayne, Print21 has also been reporting that the label sector has seen quite a lot of action this month. Um, tell me more. Uh, that's right. Labels, of course, is uh, one of those sectors that's unaffected by covid uh, because we've still got to shampoo our hair, we're still going to, we're still buying jam, um, and, uh, and the major uh, news in labels this month, uh, MCC, the gigantic American, one of the world's biggest, if not the biggest, label printing business, uh, spent or reported, according to the Financial Review, three hundred eighty-one million dollars Australian dollars to buy half a dozen Australian and New Zealand print businesses. A uh, huge spend, and it just kind of shows where they believe the uh, the money is. They uh, bought six six companies, four in New Zealand, uh, two in Australia, um, and uh, interestingly, uh, a week after that, MCC itself was bought. MCC was owned by a private equity company. Um, it was then bought by another private equity company. It's going to merge it with a huge US label printing business for Dearborn uh, and create a $3 billion a year business. So labels, uh, the label sector in Australia and around the world, a significant change this month. Yeah, so MCC, that's Multicolor Corporation. Um, $381 million may seem a lot of money for half a dozen Australian, New Zealand label printing businesses, but these private equity people, as you know, Wayne, don't often get it wrong. And it certainly shows their confidence in the market. And with increasing demands from brand owners, marketeers, and legislators, it is easy enough to see why they think that labels in particular is set for solid and consistent growth. Yeah, labels is an area where um, through digital printing now, commercial printers have an opportunity to get in there because um, some of the technology developers are now producing label machines that effectively you just plug into your pre-press department uh, and away you go. So what used to be a very high barrier in terms of knowledge and cost 
sector is now for commercial printers from any, you know, from printing runs of a few thousand uh, upwards that are able to now get into there. And, and uh, some great news for la- the uh, wine label printing, which of course is the high value, one of the high value sectors, and which includes one of those Hexagon companies, Label Partners, which Hexagon bought in March. Uh, the news gets better because this year's Australian grape harvest, I'm sure many readers, many listeners will be interested to know, uh, was the absolute record. Uh, Two million tons of grape were crushed. Uh, beating the all-time record, which is 1.9 million in 2005, and a 31% higher number than last year. The conditions apparently around the country were perfect for the vines. So, uh, yeah, great news for if you're in the uh, wine label printing business, because all those grapes, of course, will be translating into bottles of wine, which need labels. Yep, and bottles in my shelf. <laughs> okay, confessions again. No, no, no more of that. Well, the high the high value wine labels are the pick of the crop for label printers, certainly. And I believe congratulations are in order for three Australian wine label printers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, the HP Indigo Inspiration Awards uh, have just been uh, announced or revealed. And uh, three Australian printers, Peacock Brothers, Multicolor Corporation, WA, West Australia branch there, and QLM Label Makers, all won special recognition in the uh, wines and non-alcoholic labels category. Well, congratulations to those winners. Indeed, those awards covered the whole of the Asia Pacific, including India, China, Japan, Southeast Asia, as well, of course, as Australia and New Zealand. Now, Print21 has also reported on a commercial printer installing HP Indigo this month. Uh, yeah, life goes on, even in lockdown. Uh, although uh, Printcraft, which has installed a new HP Indigo 7K, uh, of course, is in uh, Brisbane. So they, fortunately, at the moment, at least, are not in lockdown. But yeah, they've installed the new HP Indigo 7K, boosting their production power. Uh, it will sit in its digital production space. Uh, Printcraft runs toner and uh, HP Indigo, and also runs offset presses as well. From its new consolidated factory in Hamilton, Printcraft, now one of the biggest print businesses in Queensland, been going really well for the last few years. 80 staff there on double shift, double day shifts. Uh, Printcraft, of course, famously bought Fergie's print and mail three years ago. So yeah, a business clearly on the rise. Well, um, for printers in Brisbane, um, they must have been super excited to hear the news that we are getting the Olympic Games in 2030. So, Yeah, and I'm sure printers, they'll be rubbing their hands yeah, in a decade. Yeah, exactly. I can just see all the printed collateral around that um, signage and so on. Now, Wayne, it would be an unusual month these days if we didn't mention Avato. What is the latest with that company? Uh, yeah, Avato, as we've been reporting on uh, and thinking about and considering the last few months here on the uh, Print Files uh, Big Month in Print podcast, um, Avato, what was the biggest printer in the country, been going through travails. This month saw the shareholders' uh, EGM, Emergency General Meeting, vote through, uh, which was a pretty much a rubber stamp exercise, uh, vote through the deal to sell what was Gordon & Gotch, which is now known as uh, retail, Ovato Retail Distribution. They've actually split it in two. Uh, one, Ovato Retail Distribution Australia, and then Ovato Retail Distribution New Zealand. Uh, the reason for that was for the regulatory approvals. It takes longer in New Zealand, and uh, Ovato wanted to get the sale through as quickly as possible. It's actually sold it to R Media. R Media is former Bauer Media, which is formerly ACP, Carrie Packers Giant Organization. Uh, R Media is now a shareholder, major shareholder in um, the printing business in Australia, in Ovato, 16.48% of the shares. Uh, it's the major shareholder in uh, Webstar in uh, New Zealand uh, and also in Avato New Zealand. Uh, obviously, it owns its own publishing business and now it owns its, the distribution business. 40% of Avato retail distribution 
Australia and New Zealand was for our media products. So our media now is a completely vertically integrated business. It owns the printing, it owns the publishing, it owns the distribution. So a great deal for them. And for Ovato, a great deal because uh, it can now focus uh, completely on printing. It's also sold off some of its marketing services business or created a, a different business entirely, sold off, still owned by the Hannons, but as a, as a completely different business. So yeah, Ovato, uh, no shortage of action there. And um, soon the annual results will be coming out. Uh, September. So that will be a very interesting read. Yeah, well, sometimes it's good to get back to basics. So focusing on print alone might, in fact, help the business. Now, Avato, of course, along with its main rival, I've um, was instrumental in leaving the PVCA, that's the uh, Printing and Visual Communications Association, or the PIAA, as it used to be. And they formed a new association called the Real Media Collective. Now, the PVCA has continued, of course, but its latest accounts reveal that it took a major hit last year. Uh, yeah, Lindy, membership was down and the money was significantly down. Uh, this isn't because printers are going broke, uh, because as I mentioned earlier, very few printers have actually gone broke. But during the year of COVID, of course, every business was trying to rein in as much cash, keep as much cash within its own business as it could. Uh, for, for the PVCA, this meant that uh, its subscription revenue, uh, which is the bulk of its revenue, went down by basically a third uh, from $760,000 to $495,000. And that contributed to a, a loss for the association overall of about $560,000, a significant loss. Uh, last year, the, the association was in profit, $95,000. The few years before that, it had also been in loss. Those losses are being supported by money from the current assets or by remortgaging property. But of course, that situation can't carry on forever. Uh, PVCA has now got $5.8 million under its assets. Uh, most of that is in, uh, it's in various buildings, three or four buildings that it, that it owns around the country. Membership of the PVCA has gone down in the last two years from, uh, from about 730 to 570. So still a significant organization, of course. Um, it is uh, looking now at uh, a new leader, uh, well, the, the board stays the same, but the CEO, the chief executive officer, Andrew McCauley, as we know, is on his way out. He's waiting for a replacement to come in, which the board is uh, looking for. Uh, and no news on that, incidentally, over the last, uh, they've been advertising that for the last two or three months. Haven't heard anything yet about that. So, yeah, that's the situation with PVCA, not the best situation to be in. No, that certainly does sound a little gloomy there. One thing that I do would like to observe, though, is that there, there are quite a lot of associations in the printing industry. We've got the PVCA, the TRMC, FPLMA, that's the Label Association. We've got FESPA and ASGA for sign and display, as well as LIA. Well, you know, time will tell whether so many um, associations can be sustained by one industry. But one association that was trumping good news this month was OMA, the Outdoor Media Association, which covers the billboard, vehicle wraps, bus shelter advertising and the like. So what's the story there, Wayne? Yeah, well, they um, were, took a huge hit in COVID, as you can imagine. Their, their whole basis of their business, uh, the outdoor media industry, is people walking to work and getting a bus to work and getting the train to work and seeing the billboards, seeing the wraps, seeing the bus shelter, advertising. Of course, if no one's going to work, which this time last year they weren't, uh, or in the Q2 in 2020 they weren't, uh, then advertisers aren't going to be spending money because it's all on an eyeball ratio. So they uh, went 
sector, the the outdoor media industry, which had seen which had seen a significant and consistent growth the last twenty years. Every every quarter had gone up. It was approaching a billion dollars. Uh, took a huge hit and went down to less than half of that. So in the quarter two this year, that's just gone, ended on the thirtieth of June. Uh, not surprisingly, in that period when lockdown had eased around the country, uh, they the uh, industry bounced back and they saw an increase of more than double of what it was in that Q2 period the year before. Uh, 125% is what it went up to. $200 million was spent. Um, however, print share of that continues to slip. Anyone that's walking around will see digital media, uh, outdoor media increasing all over the place. Uh, the reason for that, of course, is the infrastructure is now affordable. So the big sign, the big infrastructure companies, U Media, QMS people, can afford to put those that uh, that technology in there uh, it's it's good enough to withstand the elements the sun the rain the wind the hail um, and of course you can sell to 10 people a day rather than one a month uh, so that's and and uh, the graphics are quite eye-catching they all say all of them say print will consistently remain it will have a place there are issues over digital moving signage on highways for instance is it too distracting but nonetheless print share is slipping however on the good news and we like good news what it meant and the q2 figures was that uh, $38 million was spent on outdoor print in Q2 last year. Uh, this year, it was $79 million, so more than doubled. So that's good news to see that coming back. And while print share is slipping, it's great to see the overall volume terms. Uh, it's coming right back. Uh, so that's, yeah, good news. Well, as ever, it has been a very big and busy month in print, Wayne, from a business point of view. But um, we've also had some sad news on the people side of things. And there are two well-known industry identities who passed away this month. Perhaps you can pay some tribute to them. Uh, yeah, thanks, Lindy. Ron Hall, who many remember from the burgeoning Melbourne print industry of the 1980s and 90s, he founded Pinnacle Print Group with Don Mubin. Uh, he's, Ron's left us, unfortunately. He was a pioneer. Uh, Ron experimented with new technology and processes, bringing new new ways to print. Uh, the two of them, Ron and Don, they actually started in a typical way, bought an old GTO underneath Dom's house. 20 years later, they had 50 people, a fantastically modern print business, which uh, Pinnacle Print Group, which is still uh, booming away, still going away. And, and Justin Hall, in fact, one of Ron's children, uh, is one of the directors there. So, uh, Valet to uh, Ron there. Many people will remember him fondly. He was a major figure on the Melbourne print scene of the late last century. Uh, and then sadly, a very difficult story in Sydney with the passing of 35-year-old Adrian Ado McManus, uh, who succumbed to cancer, uh, leaving behind a wife and two very young children. Uh, Ado, as he's known, a very popular figure at Lindsay Gates, where he worked for 14 years, and in more recent years at Rawson Print Company. Um, his friends have set up a GoFundMe page to support his family. It's a very difficult time for them. They spent all their savings on, on, uh, on Ado's treatment, uh, leaving them in a difficult situation now. Uh, printers, I've looked at that GoFund, GoFundMe site today. Uh, printers are responding. They are you know, uh, putting a lot of money into that, which is great to see. And anyone that wants to contribute, whether you knew Ado or not, we could all be in that situation. Uh, go to the print21.com.au website and follow the links and uh, make your donation. Well, that is, it is sobering to hear and does give us a sense of perspective as we uh, complain about our current travails um, in COVID. Um, there are people who are having it a lot tougher. So, Wayne, it certainly has been, as I said just now, it has been a big month in print. Yeah, that's true, Lindy, as always. Uh, and Print21 is very pleased to be able to keep the owners and managers of print businesses of all types across Australia and New Zealand abreast of the latest developments on our various platforms. Uh, we have uh, magazines, websites, news bulletins, video news bulletins, and of course, this in-depth podcast. 
Yeah, this in-depth podcast indeed. And that wraps up this episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. Thanks for listening, everybody. We value your feedback as always. Yeah, and uh, can I remember, actually, everyone, while we're on that, uh, we now have six episodes of the Print Files Leading in Print series on the News Print 21 news website. Uh, and the latest one, Fred Saw, CEO of Saw Print. Uh, terrific conversation with Fred, candid, inspiring. Uh, and also a new episode on printers getting into digital marketing services with the guys from XMPI, which is well worth a listen if you, as a print business owner and manager, are looking for a new revenue stream. Yes, certainly worth a listen with insight and inspiration for everyone that's leading in print. So go to print21.com.au to listen or download it from your favorite platform under the print files. But now it's time for me, Lindy Houston, to say goodbye. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.